0: This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned B.C. company, helping local business since 1892. ton of questions, a ton of reaction. Everybody is back on the, uh, what could the Islanders trade for J.T. Miller train? After our conversation with Chris Botta earlier this hour. Uh, you can check all of our interviews out on podcast. Everything we do for Canuck Central ends up on podcast. So subscribe, leave a review. We do very much so. Appreciate it. You guys have uh, supported us since uh, we fired up the daily version of Canuck Central in January, and we really appreciate you for that. Thank you for your time and your listening and your interaction on the show. You've made it. Uh, a lot of fun here over the last six months, and the mailbag has been one of our favorite parts.
1: It has been. We really we really enjoy the mailbag. Can't wait for it to uh, return again when we come back in September for Canuck Central. Yes. We might do some mailbags throughout the summer to have some fun, but it won't be a Canuck Central-specific
0: yeah. mailbag. And uh, don't worry, as this one text said, Alvine is waiting for you guys to take off for the summer before announcing <laughs> all the big trades. That's from uh, <laughs> Bo. Yeah. Well... We'll probably end up doing a uh emergency edition of uh of Canuck Central should JT Miller eventually get traded to the New York Islanders. Canuck's, Live from uh, Budapest.
2: Yes. But <laughs> like Canuck
1: Central uh isn't completely gone. It's yes. on call for the summer. Like you go from working to being on call.
0: Uh hi. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm in lovely Budapest eating some uh some some goulash and langosh. So what did the Canucks trade JT Miller for? <laughs> The answer (laughs) is coming. Uh, Eventually. Uh, All right. It's the mailbag. Producer Josh Elliott-Wolf has your questions for us here on Canuck Central. All
2: right. We're going to start with Jabo. When Jim Rutherford... Is it Jabo or J-Bo? Oh. I don't know. You don't don't know? know. He can clarify it for us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, When Jim Rutherford was hired, a lot of what we heard was Trader Jim and the volume of trades (laughs) he made in Pittsburgh. Did this set fans up with an unrealistic expectation of how much work this new management team was going to be able to get done early in their tenure?
0: I don't think it was an unrealistic expectation. His time in Pittsburgh, what, what, what did the average out to be? Like a, a trade every month and a yeah. half? Yeah. Something like that? Like yeah. one
1: trade a month? That, that was his record in Pittsburgh. And he came in and said that initially he came in expecting to have to do a lot of different things and then said, OK, we take a bit. Like Coming in, Jim Rutherford really talked about trying to be aggressive and doing a lot of things and not sitting around and waiting. And then he kind of admitted that maybe they don't have to be as aggressive as he thought off the bat mm-hmm. and they have to kind of be patient. And wait for things to happen. So, I do think the reputation of Rutherford and the initial discussions and what you know he had said when he w- was first hired created an expectation that a lot of trades would happen, but they just haven't. Uh, he
0: also hired a Swedish GM, and uh, you know I-, I get the sense that that the the Swedes are uh, patient. They can be very methodical in the way that they uh, execute their plans.
2: Maybe that's uh, that's part of it too, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm, what's the ceiling on this team when they re-sign JT Miller? First round exit, or do you think they can make the second round? I
1: hey. mean, they're a team that's capable of winning a round if you make the playoffs. Demko gives you a
0: chance in every Man. series.
1: So, like, let's say for argument's sake, Vancouver finishes third in the division, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Edmonton wins a division. You play Vegas. Given the way Vegas is rostered in a playoff round, they could beat them. I don't know if they're favorites, but they could. Even if they play for Calgary, could they beat Calgary? Yes. They could. Yeah. They could win a round. I don't think winning a round. I mean, hey, you can be a borderline playoff team and win a round.
2: Yep. Winning so- a
1: round isn't a measure of greatness.
2: Columbus swept Tampa Bay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it can happen. But how far did Columbus
0: go after that? I think of how Dallas took uh, Calgary to the brink this year. You know, like it, it It does happen. Um, They could
1: absolutely win a round.
0: Yeah. But. The ceiling is ultimately not what you would want it to be. And that's, you know, sort of what Malcolm is getting.
1: Yeah, at. I mean obviously and we went through the process. If you if you re sign Porvat, you re sign um, J T Miller to an extension, especially with the McKayev deal on the books now too, next season they would have something like eight million in cap space, nine million if we're being you know yeah. you know, if we're being really uh lenient about it. <laughs> So they'd be locked into the same team.
0: So what for does two that years? At least. And, and
1: that still means you gotta sign Hoaglander and Kuzmenko whose contracts end yeah. this year. And if both players are having good seasons, most of that 8 million is going to be to those True guys. Up, yeah. And if they don't have good seasons, that means you have to replace those guys with guys you thought were with guys that have to be better than what you thought these guys would be, which means your team's still not good enough. Yeah. And if you just replace them, how are you improving the defense when you have no cap space left? So locking in, you can sign everybody, you can keep everybody, you can do it. But where are you getting the flexibility to add to what you have without sending money out?
0: And this is where uh, the trade talk comes back around to because you have to make a move somewhere in order to be able to improve the defense. And that has been a publicly stated goal by this front office.
2: Joe, have the Canucks management group planned for how much they will need to re sign Elias Pedersen for if they somehow bring back Miller? a five- or six-year deal at 8.5?
1: So I I think obviously that that stuff does always come into it, right? And it does matter to some degree. But I don't think the issue is being able to fit Pedersen and Miller's salaries in. It's more about does it make sense to be locked into Miller at that salary for six years? I don't think they're worried about not being able to sign Pedersen. It's more about how will that contract age? Because even so, you will have the flexibility to sign Pedersen yeah. in two years because you start looking at the cap picture coming up in uh, two years' time. And again, let, let's just say, for argument's sake, they signed Miller and Pedersen. I mean, Miller and, and Horvat. They would have still, Dan, something like 30 million in cap space Yeah, next year. And that also depends on what else happens, right? You still have to fill out the roster. But even if they sign those guys, it will still have over 30 million cap space that upcoming so- summer. You have to sign Elias Pedersen, of course. There have other guys you have to sign. But these are the guys that come off the books in two years. Tanner Pearson, Jason Dickinson, Tyler Myers. And yeah, that's it. Those guys come off the books. And also, yeah.
0: So some big salaries coming off the
1: books. Yeah, that's about a combined 12 extra 13 million. Plus so, the, some smaller salaries, too.
0: The, the thing about when Pedersen's contract comes up is that that is projected when the salary cap should start increasing by a significant amount as well. Yes. And, I mean, that's really good for Elias Pedersen. Yeah. You know, because his percentage of the cap will then uh, chew up probably. Like,
1: it'll probably be worth double digits yeah. by then. And, again, and, and the Miller thing doesn't come back. You can keep your own guys. This isn't about keeping your own guys. You can do yeah. that. It's more about how does that contract age and what else do you have coming to supplement your roster when you have all these guys getting paid a lot of money.
2: Ray, should the expectation be playoffs no matter what going into next year? If they don't
0: make any other changes, I, I would say yes.
1: Yes, I mean, the uh, the expectation should still be be a playoff team, especially when you're adding to the salary cap when getting guys like Mikheyev or whatever. But Based I, on the
0: roster they have, like they should be a playoff team as it currently stands.
1: No, they should be a playoff team and if they're not, it's a disappointment. But but I don't think that their goal is all about next season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think next season to them, if they have to push on next year to get to more flexibility in a years time, I think they would. And even if they let's say made the playoffs and had a decent year, I don't think they would lock into everything again. Like I think I think they're waiting for flexibility to do more. Like they're not satisfied with yeah. this roster no matter what happens this year.
0: And also Ray, what what does playoffs, no matter what, mean? You know, like it's not like they are doing a wholesale change of the front office if they miss the playoffs next year. That's not that's not part of the plan because it's always, especially when it comes to a front office. You know, you're giving them at least three years to really uh,
2: set the team into a nice a, a better direction. Jay Wu, who would the Canucks have drafted if the trade with the Islanders and the 13th overall pick went through? They say their guess would have been Lekromacki with the 13th pick and Ogren if they had their 15th still.
1: Ooh, all right.
0: Well, Matejchuk and Mintikoff were already off the board. Uh, the defensemen were all off the board at that point. Yeah. So I would imagine, because Matejchuk went 12 uh, to, to the Columbus Blue Jackets.
1: Yeah. I mean um, Frank Nazar went 13th to to Chicago. My I, guess would be would be Lekery at 13. I
0: think they had Lekery as a uh, much higher than 15th overall
1: selection. Yeah, and, and Patrick
0: Alvin made that pretty pretty clear when
1: he joined us after
0: the after the draft that night.
1: Yeah, and as much as yes, probably Ogren um maybe Osland would have Osland or Ogren, one of those two guys.
0: I think they would have gone the center. I think they would have gone Osland potentially. Um I would say defense but you know the way the defense went off the board early there I I would say it wasn't really a defenseman that that really moved the needle.
1: Well what I, what they could have done is taken Lakari at 13 and then traded down. Yeah. That would have maybe been an option then you pick up Oslin maybe a, you know one of those guys a little bit later maybe potentially. Maybe
2: Ryan Chesley who ended up going in the second round. Yeah. Jeremy Perryme the Canucks are once again capped out with nothing to show for it on the blue line. When should fans start saying uh oh.
1: Uh I mean you can say uh oh whenever you want. I'm not gonna tell you, you know, not to say oh, you're a fan, you can you can have Uh-oh. any opinion you want. Uh it's like ICQ. Uh oh. Remember that? <laughs> anyway, you don't know ICQ. No. You have no. no Josh idea. definitely Josh. does not know ICQ. You were born the year you know, I was on ICQ, I think.
2: Right. Ninety eight? Uh, 99, 98, okay. 99, yeah, I was around. <laughs> you were around. Uh,
1: but, again, the the goal of this team isn't to create the perfect team for this upcoming season. And I understand that Mikheyev, I think people look at and say, well, why would you allocate the resources you have, the little bit of resources you have, to a forward? Especially a guy that maybe is a middle six guy type of deal. But that deal was made, in, in like we mentioned, at least in, through the organization's estimation, he's a guy we feel like is going to hit, we feel like is really going to help us, and be the perfect type of guy we need in two years' time. So we can't pass the opportunity to get this player. That's, who, I think, how they viewed Mikheyev. On the defense, Mikheyev though—
0: fits a lot of their needs. It
1: does. And you still are looking long-term and saying, we're not going to bring everybody else back, so it's going to fit in. It doesn't look good now, and potentially, from the cap picture, but it makes more sense in a year. You'll see it's going to make more sense in a year. I think that's how they view that. The defense, if it was up to them, they would have done more. And I think that, you know, I do think that there there were things that were very close to yeah, that they weren't able to get done. Now, I don't know if no trade clauses got in the way or if it was something like that or whatever, because the team's players still have limited no trade clauses. But I know they were close on a few things to shed salary and didn't happen. And that would have helped address the blue line. So the goal has always been to address the blue line, but they're not so desperate to address it that they're going to just make a move for the sake of making a move. And if they have to wait a year to get the players they want, they will wait a year to get the players that they want. The
0: cap space is going to open up eventually. Yes, in a year's time. The one thing is, could you have opened up cap space to potentially do something right away? Like maybe chase a John Klingberg immediately. He's still available, but could they have done something to that effect? Whereas... The plan is still to change it, it's just those opportunities did not come to fruition in the way that we hoped they would.
1: Yeah, and they weren't going to shed you know, the salary. And to the point here, like Amar says, eventually you have to use a sweetener to clear salary to sign your guys. And right now, to clear salary, you have to use a sweetener or you have to retain salary. But why do that when in a year's time, you will have more flexibility on those players? Yeah. You don't have to use a sweetener on Myers and Pearson in a year. You're yeah. getting something for them, especially once Myers' bonus is paid in a final year of his contract. You're getting something without having to put a sweetener into it. So why add sweeteners today when you don't have to tomorrow? That's kind of the philosophy here I think they're following as far as moving salary out. So yes, if you're looking at you know this team being a lot better defensively next season, you can say, uh-oh, because they haven't yeah. addressed the blue line. But they were never going to address the blue line for the sake of addressing it for this season. It's about addressing it long term.
0: If Myers and Pearson play at a similar level to what they did last year... They'll be tradable.
1: Yeah. And, and again, it's, I don't even really think it's waiting two years. I think it's just literally waiting the next six to 12 months to be able to make those moves and get something back in return. People always say asset management, asset management, right? Well, if you know that your assets can get you something if you wait, why do it now when you're not getting anything?
0: It would be essentially just to open up the cap space to try and do something else. Right that, away. And what is
1: that? That's short-sighted? Yeah. And that's not... A smart way to go about your business. And what do people say about the team under Benning? Making short-sighted moves, not being patient, not making moves when we have a chance, and yada, yada.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And again, you know, when it comes to the Miller trade, look, if there was a huge offer on the table ahead of the deadline that really forced their hand, they would have made it. That's what we told you back in January, February. But that offer never really came. We told you what the offer was. It wasn't really there. They did, same thing happened ahead of the draft. But it doesn't mean none of this stuff is going to happen. They haven't really wavered off of their message of what their goal is. It's just it. they haven't been able to execute the plan in the way that they've wanted to. So I'm still going to believe a lot of what this front office has been saying in terms of their stated goals
2: and what they hope to do with this roster. Hoffman, and Surrey. Granted, we have the same forward group come game one. When Hoaglander returns from injury, who doesn't crack your top nine? Hoaglander, Pearson, or Kuzmenko? Hoaglander.
1: So are we guessing or are we giving um, our opinion? What should happen? I'm giving my opinion and it's going to be Hoaglander. Mm. I would say Pearson. Yeah. I- I'd love to see. What I'd like to see is you exhaust every opportunity for Hoaglander before putting him in the fourth line.
2: So, I wrote, like, I, I went into Hoaglander's numbers last mm-hmm. year with, like, who he played well with and who he made play better. And from what I was looking at, Elias Petterson played better when he was playing with Niels Hoaglander. Mm-hmm. And Niels Hoaglander played better when he was playing with Elias Petterson Like, Hoaglander was Petterson's best linemate last year, both with Green and with Boudreaux. Yeah. So... I don't know. I want to see that tried out a little more, like Hoaglander, Pedersen, Podkolzin. Obviously, he has to earn it to an extent still, but I don't know. There's more, There's still more upside in Hoaglander's game than there would be in Pearson.
1: I love that line, though. That line. Like, if that could work, Hoaglander, Colson and Pedersen, that makes, if you're keeping Miller, that makes it so easy all of a sudden to build two lines around Miller and Horvat separately, right? Because then you could easily go Miller, Besser, and Garland. And go Kuzmenko, Mikheyev, and Horvat. Mm. Yep. And then you put, you know, Pearson with Dickinson and Lazar on the fourth line and that can be a crash and bang, you know, strong fourth line. And then Mikheyev and Kuzmenko, playmaking, speed, good defensive awareness with Bo, And then Garland, Besser, and Miller is just pure offense.
0: I think, Ho- Hoaglander's just got to prove it to me.
1: Yeah. You know. I just love to see that happen. Because if he can, if, if he can actually establish himself yeah. as a top nine player for this team, it answers a big, big question long term.
0: It, it's not going to be as easy for him to come into camp and really impress, you know, like it he did uh, a couple of years ago in the Canadian division season when the Canucks literally didn't really have anybody else to play. But now there's some serious competition. He's got to come in ready. And look, maybe that's why Elias Petterson was asking to have Hoaglander is his line mate more often, Josh. As you point out, he played his best when Hoaglander was there. At the same time, Hoaglander's got to earn that spot.
1: Yeah, he's got to earn it. But I'd love to see that happen. Because if that happens, it just solves... Because if you don't have to worry about getting Garland or Besser or Mikheyev or Kuzmenko with Pedersen, because he's elevating put Colson and Hoaglander...
0: Well, Pearson, Miller, and Besser were really good together as a line. So I, I wouldn't mind keeping those guys together... Then you figure out what happens with Bo. But this is the thing about adding all these wingers, uh, as we talked about. You know, now maybe you have a lineup that you can keep Petterson Miller, and Horvat as your three centermen if you continue with this lineup going into training camp.
2: All right, that's it for the Canucks questions. We'll move on to the non-Canucks, starting, starting with Vicky. Whose team will do the best this upcoming season? The Cleveland Browns, the Seattle Seahawks, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, Kansas City Chiefs, or the Las Vegas Raiders, rank those six. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: um, so, okay.
2: So, okay, go through the teams again. Okay, so Browns, Browns Seahawks, Seahawks, Dolphins, Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, Raiders. Jets. So Chiefs are, I think, a clear Chiefs. number one.
1: Chiefs are number one. Yeah, so it's Chiefs. Uh, I mean, it comes down to Watson. What happens with him and the Browns? But if if he's there, the Browns would rank high roster wise. Yeah, I put them ahead of the Finns. So I'd say Browns if Watson plays most of the season. Big if, Chiefs, Browns,
0: Raiders. I'd put three. I, I still don't trust Tua. Yeah,
1: I put I put the Finns ahead because they. I think actually, I don't know. Fins and Raiders are a bit of a toss-up. I'll put for the, the Raiders ahead. is
0: how difficult the division is.
1: Yeah, I'll put the Fins ahead of the Raiders. Fins, Raiders, Jets, and Hawks last. Tough. Well, they have to be last. I mean, the Jets did have had a far better offseason than. Yeah. I, I don't even like the Jets, but you have to be you have to be honest about their off season. Their off season was actually decent. I can't. I can't even. Reach <laughs> just so dejected. You see his face. You can if you check out the Twitter feed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's very disappointed. <laughs> he wants to stand so bad and he can't. <laughs> uh, next I can, question. I can't. I can't. I can't.
2: <laughs> Basketball, Phil. This is the only time <laughs> I've seen
1: Dan speechless. I can't. I,
0: can't. I, don't, even, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> They're thinking about trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, this is a pretty dire situation. things are bleak.
2: Uh, Basketball DK Metcalf's
0: doing Nesquik commercials.
2: Will the Mariners still be on a winning streak when you return to work? Second question. (laughs) Will the Seahawks have another quarterback on their roster by September?
1: Yes, I'd say the Seahawks will have another quarterback. I do think so. And it could be Jimmy Garoppolo. Could be Jimmy G.
0: Hey. My paisat. <laughs> now, now, now you're a now, now I'm going to be a Jimmy Garoppolo G guy. guy,
1: you know? You know what I'm I'm really, really uh, interested to see is who has a better season, Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield?
0: Oh. <laughs> Boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, J- Jimmy G, maybe. He's still, he's still got Lockett and DK <laughs> to throw to.
1: Unsigned text. Dan is officially a Dolphins fan again. Mm. <laughs> Hell to
0: the no. <laughs> Noodle arm Tua. Not doing it. Oh, <coughs> poor Tua. Um, also, like Tyreek is trying to like make up all these stories about the Chiefs. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, Mariners will still be on a winning streak by the time I get back to work because I'll be back Thursday.
2: So. When Sack gets back to work, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, unsigned, what was the best single meal you have ever had?
1: Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Single meal? Single meal. Oh, man, there's so many to choose from. Okay, I'd say i probably say the best meal I ever had was probably a home cooked ma- meal my mom made. Yeah. Um, there's a few I can choose from, but that would probably be because mm-hmm. there's a few I can think of that were like, you know, amazing. My, my um, brother in
0: law is a caterer, man. Like every time I uh, go back east to Toronto, I like there's a feast yeah. waiting for me. It's unbelievable. It's incredible.
1: I will say, and I mentioned this before, the best meal I've had recently in Vancouver, eating, you know, at an establishment. Was Grub Grub On Main Street I gotta try it Yeah And uh Man It's good It Honestly like I said One of the best meals I've had in years At an establishment in Vancouver
0: So Best single meal I've ever had This is really hard to To whittle down for me Um But I'm going to go with A restaurant I went to in Italy Mmm Uh Tip for anybody traveling: Don't eat in a touristy area. Try to venture off the beaten path a little bit, and you'll find some better restaurants. Uh, so we're in Sorrento, and we venture away from the Corso Italia, which is the main area. And we're just like kind of walking around at night, and we see this big lineup at this like very random mm-hmm. spot, and the place is called La Cantinaccia del Popolo, and it was. Unbelievable! Mm. It looked like a hole in the wall. But there's There was this guy, like, huge. He looked like Tony Soprano. You know, he's just walking around in gray sweats and a sweaty T-shirt. <laughs> and, like, all the waiters would come and bring him cash when they would get their tips and bills and whatever. He'd just, like, throw it in his pocket. Like,
1: this guy owned everything. And while All your tips come to me, and then I decide.
0: Yes. And then he, like, he, he would come out to the front, and, like, people are waiting in line. He's like... You know, and he'd like say in Italian, and he'd give his apologies and be like, okay. "Hey, sorry, you have to wait," sort of thing. And he'd start handing out like little glasses of red wine for everybody that's waiting in line. Uh, and you get in, I mean, oh my god, the the food was just incredible. We ordered like a uh, uh, charcuterie board to start, and they had all these great salamis and and uh, prosciutto. It was oh, fantastic, cabrio. It, it, it was incredible. And then I had uh, bisteca la fiorentina, and it was it was most incredible steak I've ever had. Wow! Life.
2: You can find greatness. Oh, fantastic! Uh, we got a few more questions, Peter. What is the meaning of life?
0: <laughs> <laughs> J- gonna, I'm going J-T- Go- to ask my Google Home. Yeah uh, when
2: I uh, when I return
0: back.
1: What is the meaning Akaza? meaning of life? You're here. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, you're here. Like, think of what it would take for the the universe to align for us to be here. here.
2: Oh, (laughs) we're going to space that. No, (laughs) space (laughs)
0: that is back. For us to even be a thing, it is... Please be watching the Twitter stream right now if you are. A
1: billion variables had to line up for us to exist within this vast universe of ours. Us even being here... Yes. And seeing life on earth mm-hmm. That is enough For the meaning of life In my estimation Like look around the world And see everything That is living Around the world yeah. Whether it's animals Plants Like the air Everything We live in a Living breathing organism That is earth And we have living creatures And we have cute Little creatures Like dogs yeah. And other animals And yeah. we have human beings That play sports Entertain us mm-hmm. The fact we're even Doing what we're doing Should be enough for the, For the meaning of life
2: all this had to happen And people are still impatient About the JT military <laughs> three,
0: three, Two days ago Sat was telling us We live in a simulation And now this I don't even know What's happening anymore Meaning of life For me right now Shoot below 90
2: <laughs> Me too At some <laughs> shoot, point Shoot below 90 Again in my life uh, Discount Dracula A couple questions Are your mind sharper Doing the show This early in the day uh, Yeah yeah, I guess. So. I'd say so.
1: For sure. I mean, it's, again, here's more science. <laughs> Every decision you make during a day makes the next decision a little bit harder. It does. Every single de- Like, there's only so many decisions you can make in a day before your mind's like, okay, I'm out. I can't make any more decisions or, you know, assertions anymore. Like, I just can't comprehend anything more than I've done.
2: That's what your brain thinks.
1: <laughs> and that, those are my limitations. Yeah. It
2: says you. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, of course. Like, you know, in the morning, you're always at your best energy. When I wake up in the morning, especially like when I was in university, the best time to study was like between like five thirty a.m. and like nine mm-hmm. and ten a.m. It's the best time that like your mind is ready to go.
2: That was when I would sleep. <laughs> Wasn't it, Ricky Bobby,
0: who said, "I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence." <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, last question: Is there always going to <laughs> what a
1: transition?
2: <laughs> Is there always going to be at least some local content on 6:50 during the summer holiday season?
0: Yeah, I mean, of yeah. course, there'll be local content. Yes, just because be Canucks of- Central isn't on next week doesn't mean we stop talking Canucks.
1: Oh, there'll be Canucks. I mean, Canucks news. It'll just be you know there'll be lots of local sports talk, and people are like, what about the Lions and Whitecaps? Trust me, there'll be lots of talk about those teams as the summer goes on.
2: Sack conveniently says that as he takes <laughs> many vacation days. I, I'm not gonna be here talking about it, but yeah. Somebody I'll make will him be talk yeah. about it. I don't know.
0: I mean I disagree. I, I prefer to talk about how Toronto FC has become the Italian national team in MLS. Combining
2: your two love. <laughs> Toronto FC and Italy. Uh all right. Is that it for the mailbag? That is it. Always
0: appreciate the question. Uh, that was that. a
1: lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Pre I mean, yeah, we were we took it almost all the way to eleven. <laughs> so we're way late. <laughs> But it's worth it for the final Canuck Central mailbag. uh, We had to.
0: We had to have one more.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. Do we have to fight over underrated, overrated tomorrow? Because you're not here. We're supposed to do it one more time. We probably should have done it on Monday in retrospect. Yeah. But we didn't. Yeah. Should I do it with Izzy in its spot? Yeah. Or, yeah. Just keep it going. You don't want to. I'm good. This is not a separation, but like we're, 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 we're we're we're
0: separating from the summer. We're, we're,
1: we're,
2: we're
0: taking some time away.
1: We're, we're arguing over the custody of overrated, underrated.
0: (laughs)
2: We'll do overrated tomorrow, underrated Thursday. (laughs) Uh, no, we're good. You guys can do it
0: tomorrow. Thursday and Friday. Any, anything can happen. Who knows? Uh, Dan, Richo, Satyar Shah. We are Canuck Central.